this series that we're on is the I am series. Jesus saying in John particularly, I am, I am, I am. And it has really lodged in my heart that when Jesus says, I am, he is speaking, I am the one who provides. I am the one who leads. I am the one you need to be looking to. I and my Father are one. And that we as believers, we read through our scriptures and we don't really pick out those words. Some translations have it capitalized, others don't. And so we just bypass it and we think, well, that's just a normal English sentence. This one especially today is, I believe, kind of says it all in terms of who Jesus is in our daily lives. And we've already expressed this as we prayed together and as we sang together. And so we as individuals, really, this is one flock here. And that's the way we kind of need to be in our thinking. And there are others that are part of this flock who aren't here. They're maybe still on vacation or out of the country, but yet we are joined with one another. There is something about I am that pulls us together and brings us into focus with who the Lord Jesus Christ is and who we are in him. That was my introduction, introduction. Now this is the introduction. Anybody know what this is? It's a sheep pen. Chapter 10 is central to the Gospel of John. Number one, it's right in the center of the whole book. And it's center in terms of the focus on Jesus that there was at that time where the temple leaders were really, we say, homing in on him. They were really targeting him and would not let go. And they were following him, picking out his words and saying, how can you say this? How can you say that? Why do you say this? Let us hear some more. And they were seeking to find a place in which they might be able to condemn him for an unlawful word or action. They were hounding him. It means that they were like dogs going after him, trying to find out those things about him that they could accuse him of something illegal. And Jesus talks about, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. And you might think that these two things, I am the door and I am the shepherd, you might think that they're quite different. But actually they are one picture. Where's the door in this sheepfold? Can you see a door in this picture? Where's the door? Well, there isn't really a door in this picture. There's an opening, but no door that would shut anybody out. So what does Jesus mean? I am the door. And it has to do also with, I am the good shepherd. 
in looking at this, we understand that this stone sheep fold or pen is for keeping sheep during the night. When they're not out on the fields, they're brought into this pen. And this was built by several shepherds, not just one, but maybe even two, three, or four shepherds kind of made this big enclosure so that with each of their flock of sheep, they could put them in there at night and they would be safe from bears, lions, wolves, or in fact, do you ever think of Israel as being a land of bears, lions, and wolves? They were prolific in Israel. Are there any there now? Zero, unless they're in a zoo. Israel has no lions, no bears, no wolves. They've killed them all off. But back in Jesus' time, there were. And so the shepherds would gather their sheeps, sheep. <laughs> I do speak English. Don't laugh. And they would lead them into the sheep pen for the night. And then, because it was, say, there might be several people that were attached to one sheepfold, there might be two or three people as shepherds watching 20 or 30 sheep. That was about the number of sheep that a Palestinian, which by the way, that isn't the real name, the Jewish people, that's about the number that they had, was about 20 or 30 sheep that one shepherd or family owned. So 20 or 30 sheep is quite large. There was no problem with getting these sheep mixed up. Each herd knew its shepherd, and the shepherds called them by name. Hey, Lop Ear! Hey, Simpleton! Hey, Glimpy! That's what I wrote here. Hey, Frisky! They all had names, and I'm sure they weren't those. But some descriptive way. But according to some of the commentaries I read about sheep and shepherds, it wasn't really the word because they say that actually the shepherds have a special word and I couldn't pronounce it for what they would say as shepherds. And it was kind of a call to sheep. But do you know what they recognized? Sheep have built-in voice recognition systems that they record that and know, oh, that's not my master. Oh, I hear my master's voice. Does that have any significance to you when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Well, I'm getting ahead again. Okay. Who is the door or what is the door? Actually, I think we need to just go to our text and let you discover who the door is. Here we go. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. 
To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Who is the door? It doesn't say, but we can guess. When he puts forth his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Who's the door? This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired man and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired man and is not the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me and I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Who is the door? Jesus is the door. He was a shepherd and is a shepherd for us and he lays down as protection for us as the door to the sheepfold. So these two in, in chapter 10, I am the door and I am the good shepherd are significant to who Jesus is in his role in our lives. How is he the door? Number one, what are the characteristics of thief and a shepherd? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. And so this was not just a protection against animals, although that was their main function in assigning someone as a doorkeeper for that night to sleep in the entrance there. And if any animal or person came to snatch the sheep, that person would be on guard. The rest of the shepherds would be off 
a ways in a little camp. Sometimes they'd have a little hut built next to this sheep pen where the rest of the shepherds would, would sleep for the night, but one would be assigned each night to this place. And early in the morning, before dawn, before daylight, the shepherds would wake up and they'd go and probably it was a young boy that was the guy that was often chosen for sleeping at the gate as the door because it calls him the doorkeeper. And so the shepherds would go, hey, hey, Michael, wake up. Come on. You're supposed to be watching the sheep. But Jesus says he is the good shepherd. He is the door. And he does not sleep. But he keeps watch over the sheep and has a, a concern for us as his sheep. And so they call out and the sheep come out. Listen to this. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. And so those sheep come attention. Ah, oh, that's my master. And they come out to him and he leads them out for the day, out into the fields, out to the pastures for the days until evening comes and they come back into the sheepfold. Here's a characteristic of a thief or a robber. They do not enter by the door because there's someone there at night watching. And hopefully Michael will not be in a deep sleep and he'll jump up and say, hey, there's somebody here. And the other shepherds will come. And the thief and the robber will, will leave. But the thief and robber climbs up some other way, not necessarily comes through the door. But a true shepherd of the sheep enters by the door. Facts about sheep. Jesus talks about that. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep will follow him because they know his voice. These facts. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know him by his voice. Jesus says, I am the door. Number three is understanding sheep and the nature of sheep. And Jesus explains this. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, and they did not understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. In this he was speaking to the temple leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, who were trying to get Jesus to say the wrong thing a stranger they will simply not follow. The temple leaders did not understand sheep. And as a pastor, as spiritual leaders, one of the number one priorities as a spiritual leader is to know your people. And I feel so inadequate in this congregation because we're so diverse, it's hard to keep track of all of you. 
But there are other shepherds that God has raised up in this congregation. We thank the Lord for this opportunity that Katie and I have to work with the leadership team in this church. They care for you. They care for the sheep. But these that Jesus was dealing with did not care. They cared only for themselves and their position. I came that they, the sheep, would have life. I am Yahweh. Yahweh, the door. The sheep hear his voice. He calls them by name. And he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him. And Jesus is our true leader. He has gone ahead of us and has placed his faith in what the Father sent him to do. And that's why we call ourselves Christians, which actually means little Christs or little Christ followers. That's what we are. We're sheep following Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. He says, and I am the good shepherd. There's a principle of shepherding. First principle is in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired man and not the shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them and is not concerned for the sheep. Jesus is what? The good shepherd. He's not a hireling like Michael that I illustrated this young boy who was just learning about sheep, who was being probably paid to look after the sheep at night. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And oftentimes, good shepherds would not trust someone like Michael. Particularly, this was their family fortune in the flock. Jesus has a vested interest in the flock. And he has invested his life and his lifeblood for us as the shepherd. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He is not a hired man. He is the owner of the sheep. The good shepherd does not leave the sheep. He is concerned for the sheep. Principle number two in verses 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You remember the story that Jesus told of how as a shepherd, as he counted his sheep, he had a hundred actually. But when the 99th one to come in, where's the hundredth? And so the shepherd leaves the 99. And he goes back to the pasture or the path that led to the pasture that they had come through. Perhaps the one that's lost or wayward he can find. And he's left the 99 to seek out the one that's lost. And he finds it and he rejoices in coming back and announcing that he found the lost sheep. How many of you have had a lost sheep? sheep experience 
with Jesus in your life. When you thought, no one cares. No one knows what I'm going through right now. And Jesus comes and comes alongside. I'm here and leads us out of the woods, leads us out of the tangle that we were in and back to the security of being in his flock. I know there are some of you who have experienced that. I've even experienced it when I was feeling like, I don't know, I don't really belong here in this church. I'm not talking about now what, what it was in my experience as a young man, struggling, not knowing what is my life about. Just graduated from high school and bought my first car. I thought I was really it. And how disappointing that summer was to me. I wanted to go to college, but I didn't have enough money. And I thought, well, God, what do you want for me? And he brought back to my mind. You remember when you came to me at 12 years of age and you prayed, you wanted to be a missionary? And it was right at the time when five missionaries were killed in South America. I was not alone. There were a lot of young people because of the loss of these missionaries. Young people dedicated their lives to Christ. And I was one of them. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be like Jim Elliott. I want to be that kind of a person. And so rather than going to a very nice university and college, I decided to go back to the Bible school up in Alberta, prairie, no trees, and this bleak place where I'd spent two years of high school there that I never, ever wanted to go back to that school. And the last two weeks before the end of summer vacation, I mailed off an application to them and they accepted. And I went and I got there the day of registration. And so many of the teachers, what, Ron Sisko is back at the school? I was a black sheep, by the way, in high school. You wouldn't think that your pastor was a black sheep, but really I was. I graduated from high school at that school with 100 detentions. In fact, there was a graduation committee that decided who qualified for graduation from that school. And they called me in, sat me down in front of them and said, we can't figure you out. What's going on? We don't think you're worthy of graduation at this school. We can't figure you out because you've got so many detentions. And at that time, I think I, yeah, I did have a hundred of them. I had the record number of detentions. <laughs> you know what a detention was? Is if you misbehaved, it was a detention. One hour's work. And you know what the work was? This faculty had these homes and they were all fueled by coal furnaces. And so on my weekends at the school, I was shoveling coal into their basements to fuel their fires. That's how I spent my 100 detentions. 
with one hour of labor. But what was I doing? Goofing off. But the problem was, they said, we can't figure out who you are. You've got top grades, but you've got the top record of detentions. How can we graduate you? And I said, wait a minute. Listen to me, please. When I'm in the classroom, I don't have any marks off for goofing off at school. But when I get back to the dorm, I kick back and enjoy life. <laughs> like a water fight in the dorm or something like that. That was worth 10, you laugh, 10 hours worth of work for being the organizer of a water fight on our floor. I'm your pastor, you trust me? Anyway, where am I in my message? I am the good shepherd, I know my own. The Lord found me. Unbelievable. You know what? There's a mutual knowing in the relationship of a sheep and a shepherd. The Lord knows you in your life. He knows it better than you know it. He knows where you're going. He knows what your heart is like. And we ought to, as his sheep, recognize him and follow him and know that he is the good shepherd. And I look back to that decision that I made. It was a turnaround in my life to following, I will be a missionary. I'll be like a Jim Elliot. And that's the call of the shepherd. And there's a mutual knowing, laying down my life as Jesus laid down his life for me. I have other sheep and they will become one flock with one shepherd. And I have pastored many, many congregations. Each one of them have been a joy to be in that position. Principle number three. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. I lay down my life so that I may take it again. That's Jesus' model. That's what he's saying to us. No one has taken it away from me. And here, get this. Very, very important. And we've talked about this in previous messages. Jesus says, I have authority to lay it down, to lay his life down, and to take it up again. He is vesting in you that authority to lay down your life for his cause. Jesus had authority to lay down his life. He's giving us also that authority to follow him. Every one of us have that authority over your life to follow him as the good shepherd. He knows what's best for you. And some of you have made very good decisions in your life, in who you married, in who you have followed. You've joined yourself to other believers and you have authority over your will. And I had that authority and I decided 
when I was a high school graduate that I would follow the shepherd. It's your choice. The sheep also have that authority to listen or to be disobedient and to go the other way and ignore his voice. Listen for his voice in your life. What is he saying to you these days? Even for the young people here, it's very important for you to understand that you have his blessing on your life to be his sheep. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. And he's speaking to the scribes and Pharisees. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And then Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Get that last sentence there, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. There's only one person that can snatch you out of his hand, and that's you yourself. Think about that. He's the good shepherd. He laid down his life for you. And we have the right, the authority, to either follow or to turn away. Serious thought. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for this word to us. We receive this as encouragement. We understand that there are things in our lives that we need to submit to you. And we have that authority to either submit or not. And we pray that as we meditate on what we've heard this morning, that we would follow you and not turn aside and not go wayward, but each one of us would say, Jesus, I will follow you. Thank you for your voice this morning. We give you praise in your name. Amen.